the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Brett Edward. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Buy the snake in the house. I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Steven, how are you? This is David Dunn. Did I see No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, no. This You're is the, the podcast. Uh, you the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We have entered December football. In the 2013 regular season, of which there are only four weeks to go. The final quarter of the regular season is all that is left between us and the postseason. And we've got an exciting show in store for you on this show. We've got uh, Carolina Panthers center, a favorite of this program, Ryan Khalil, will join us. The man who is uh, as close to Cam Newton as you can physically get on a football field. (laughs) He will join us as the streaking Carolina Panthers Eight consecutive wins to get to nine and three. Play the marquee matchup of week number 14. NBC flexed into a Carolina Panthers game is all you need to know about how well the Carolina Panthers are doing this season. They're taking on the now equally nine and three New Orleans Saints after the Saints were the subject of the latest 12th man bang thing boat racing. It was a regatta. In Seattle on Monday Night Football. The Seattle Seahawks did uh, did it did did its usual, which is make life miserable for an opponent at night. During the day, during the day in Seattle, I mean, McLennan went up there, took a twenty-one nothing lead. He did. Minnesota's hung with Seattle for some reason. When the night falls, are Seahawks nocturnal? Is that I, could be that nocturnal? Chris Law? Could oh. be that Chris Brockman? It was cold and wet up there, Rich. But I don't know. I'm serious. The night games in Seattle. It it seems tougher for an opponent to even hang. They can't even hang. I mean, Drew Brees had the fewest number of passing yards that he has had in a game, a full game, that he played start to finish, first time since 2006. Yeah, it cost me playoffs in my one fantasy league. Is that right? I lost by less than one point, and he was my starting quarterback. Colston was my wide receiver. And Pierre Thomas was my running back. I had three guys going last night. Wow. By the way, uh, last night I did not come in last. I was fighting for last place, the toilet bowl in my league. Well, uh, while we are, I guess, on the subject of fantasy, um, the Fishmonger League, the one that I keep mentioning here, yes. that I want to win more than anything else. That Gillian Jacobs' boyfriend's. No, that, that's different. Oh, Gillian that's Jacobs' the, boyfriend my, is my in the fault. Jeff Garland League. That's correct. In which Russell Wilson uh, bested me. I'm 9-4 and four in that league. That's a league that has a week 14 regular season final week oh wow so only four teams make the playoffs only four teams make the playoffs but only four teams make the playoffs in my fishmonger league so the last however 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 weeks 14 and 15 are a combined first round of the playoffs which is a rule i have been begging to change i've never seen that because it makes no sense fantasy football i understand it's called fantasy (laughs) for a reason but it should mimic the real football 
world in 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 the manner that a playoffs is a one and done. I keep telling these guys, I'm like, you don't see the first round of an NFL playoffs where you play once <laughs> and then you add just to the same score. You just score sits for a week. I don't understand why all of the guys want to do this, but they do. I made it. I, I, I hung on for dear life. Even though I lost, I got crushed this past week. Ooh. And I know we've been talking about it for weeks on this show that I decided weeks ago I was going to go with Andrew Luck right. and ride it out. Right. Did but you make I, a change this week? I have to. Got to. I have to. Because the Colts, and that's one of the stories moving forward in, in the final quartile of the season, as Steve Mariucci likes to call it on game day morning, is the Colts are a different team than they were in the first half of the season ever since Reggie Wayne went down. The offense has been a hot mess. This past week against the Titans, at least the Colts did not fall down by three scores in the first half, as has been their penchant the previous four weeks ever since beating the Broncos, falling down in deep holes to Houston but winning, against St. Louis but not coming back from it, against Tennessee but winning, against Arizona and not coming back from it. They finally were able to score first, but they couldn't score, period, until the very end of the game when Donald Brown, the new top running back in Indianapolis popped one in the end zone Andrew Luck 200 yards rushing uh, 200 yards passing a pick no touchdowns and again the saving grace that got him to double digits was his rushing yards he got How exactly do I stick 10 points I don't know he got exactly t- I played against him this week exactly 10 points 10.2 and four four of those were off of rushing points what do I do because Who, I mean do they you played have a backup this week, right now? This, this week they're in Cincinnati you, your backup was Alex Smith it is before. Not, it's not no, anymore. It's Andy Dalton. Made some moves. Who I've got to play this week. Ooh. I've got A.J. Green, so you get double the points. But Love A.J. That. Green, all of a sudden, you know, he's not – Frank Gore has disappeared. Yep. Eddie Lacy and, and Jordy Nelson – and here's how I, how I won so many games early on this season, right? Eddie Lacy, Jordy Nelson, Wes Welker, Jordan Cameron were the, the engine – Jordan Cameron. All okay. of those guys have disappeared. Now Jordan Cameron may have Caleb Haney off the street throwing to him in New England. Oh, that's Week 14. News. That's bad out. News. That's out. That's out. So I got Colby Fleener as my backup, but Luck can't find him. And when he does, he might drop it or get it. I'm thinking of picking up Zach Ertz. Is Zach Miller available? And playing him. The Seahawks Ertz, two touchdowns this week. Ertz so good, baby. I'm thinking about because, I mean, all bets are off now. Yeah. Well, now is when you make your bones like managing to win a championship. I know. So I picked up the Patriots defense a couple of weeks ago, which was tough this week. Oh. Is Casey Keenum lit him up. Ooh. And, uh, but this week they, they take on either Alex Tanney most likely or Caleb Haney or maybe uh, Jason Campbell if he's well enough for the, for the Browns this week. But enough talking about fantasy. That's. That's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the real world Let's in the NFL. It. Let's do it. In which Seattle essentially wrapped up the NFC. They have a two-game lead over New Orleans now. Two-plus la- game lead. People last night were saying, who's going to play Seattle in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I know it's this. so early, but still. There's no doubt in my mind that the, the NFC is going to go through Seattle. Yeah, no I question. Think that, I think after the Monday night game this week that's been established, there are two-plus games up on New Orleans and Carolina, if you recall, way back in week one, outlasted, C- uh, got, got beat by Seattle. 
like in ten week to one, six or something. Twelve seven was yeah. the final score in that Late, game. Yeah. Who knew that that week <laughs> one game would turn out to be so crucial? Because Seattle has a game this week in San Francisco, which is must-win territory for San Francisco to have any shot, obviously, at a division. Which I think is that 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 thing's flown the coop. They're three it. back with four to play, but. Philadelphia's one game behind him. Arizona's one game behind him. San Francisco needs this game. So you take a look, though, at Seattle is is three up on the closest in their division and two and a half up on anyone who's close to them for the conference. That thing's a wrap. And after what we saw on Monday night, I don't think there's any question that Seattle's the best team in the NFC, if not all of football. Do you smell a letdown next week, though, after that big Monday night? No, I don't see a letdown. I don't think they're going to come out flat. Yeah. But it is a short week. I mean, you saw what Carolina, after what Carolina expended itself to beat New England next week, they were at Miami. But that's a young team. They haven't really been there, done that. Seattle has been there, done that. They know that after this game, it's all sort of downhill for them. That's where the letdown could be, maybe. Yeah. Where they won't play a game of high importance of of adrenaline flow, quite like what we saw on Monday night or this Sunday late window Fox. I'm sure that's going to be Buck and Aikman there in San Francisco for Man, that they one. Ju- I just can't get over how they jumped all over New Orleans right from the get go last night. It seemed like the Saints never really had a chance in that game at all. Well, that's the way they do it, right? Well, that's the way it's done. There was no threat of a run game either, so they they could just they were blitzing on the outside and out physic physical uh, their their physicalness was more than the Saints wide receivers. Physicality is the word. Just give me that one more time. Yeah, <laughs> you Physi- got it. Physicality. Physicality. One more time, and so you know, you you take a look at what what's going down, and the a the NFC Championship game is going to be played in Seattle. I mean, there's just no question about that. I'm wondering if that's late window or early window. I mean, you know they're petitioning for late window. Well, I mean, they they swap it out every year. Right. You remember the AFC Championship game between the Ravens and and Patriots. That was at night, wasn't it? That was a night game. So that means Fox is going to get the night game this year, and which means Seattle's going to get it. I'm telling you, it's different that when, when it's dark there and it's night, the fans have had the whole day to get <laughs> geared up. <laughs> nice and lubricated. lubricated. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different atmosphere. You sense it. The regular, like, 1 o'clock, one twenty-five Pacific kickoffs in Seattle just have a – sure, it's loud, but it's different. It's different at night. And it's tough not to see Seattle and New Jersey. It really is. Come the first Sunday in February, February 2nd. Rain's going to be excited when he comes in, that's for sure. It's just tough to see it right now. And then atop the AFC, Denver Denver essentially won the AFC West. Peyton Manning still has not lost a divisional game, by the way. It's tough to see a loss remaining on Denver's schedule. They have Tennessee at home this week, which is, you know, not a, a, a gimme. I know Tennessee Tennessee plays better on the road. They do have a quality secondary, so Peyton shouldn't really light it up to the tune of five touchdowns and 400 yards passing like he did against the Kansas City defense that has absolutely disappeared ever since coming off their bye week. I mean, that is there's an, a, there's an APB out there 
for the Kansas City defense. They can't rush. They can't get to the passer, and they can't. This kid, Marcus Cooper, I feel bad for this rookie out of Rutgers. No yeah. kidding. Marshall Falk said it on he game day it. morning. He called it. Said it was going to be his birthday today. He wanted to know Sunday. who Marcus Cooper was going to be covering because that guy was going to have a huge game, and sure enough, Eric Decker wow. led it up. Four, Four touchdowns. I saw uh, Ed, Ed Werder tweeted that kudos to Marcus Cooper, though, after the game. He stood, stood in the locker room right. and answered every single that. question. Yeah. Good for him. Which, that's, that's a tough thing to swallow. Denver's remaining schedule, Chris Brockman, please. As you said, they are home against the Titans. They are home against San Diego. Who That's our Thursday night finale. Thursday night finale, whose playoff hopes are and not And let me tell you something about Peyton Manning on Thursday night football. That guy has no effects of a short week. <laughs> I mean, and I'm trying to remember... This will be the first time we've had Peyton Manning on Thursday night football in his house. We've never been to Indianapolis for a Thursday night football game with the exception of the year that he was hurt. Right. And then we where they won, where they, the supposed suck for luck game, <laughs> right. where they won with Reggie Wayne catching the game-winning touchdown against Houston. From Orlovsky, right? Yeah. Orlovsky was the one who found him. Right. Um, Peyton Manning's always been on the road. And the year... When he was not performing well in 2010, he went through that slump, and he went to Tennessee and lit him up. And he came to our set after the game. Like the Colts are saying, I don't know if he's going to come after oh, the game. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. He walked by the set. Marshall waved at him, and he walked over to us. And it's just like when we broke down Belichick and his yeah. press conference a few weeks ago. He's one of those guys, Peyton Manning, who knows exactly what he's doing at all times. Yep. And he came up, he had something to say right. to everyone. <laughs> and he finally got the line out when we were talking about how he'd been struggling. It's one of my favorite lines that I've heard any player say in the 10 years plus of this network. Is he said, yeah, I've been in a four-game slump, but my 11-year hitting streak's been pretty good too. Nice. <laughs> is what he said at the time. He was like, oh, I forgot how to play, basically. Yeah. You know, and he, so, and he uh, on Thanksgiving night we had – Indianapolis and Atlanta, he lit them up. Last year in Oakland, lit the Raiders up. Lit one, them up. One year at Jacksonville, he just oh. lit, he just it's just yeah, that was his one of one of his MVP years. Yeah. He I remember he hit Reggie Wayne for like a sixty yard touchdown. So he's got San Diego, which just lost a very difficult suffered a very difficult loss to Cincinnati in their house this week. Yep. So what are the last two games for uh, at Houston, at Oakland. To finish the season, I mean, please. Okay, that's uh, that's that's fourteen and two as the day is long. Indeed, which is uh, unfortunate for Patriot fans because I don't think you're going to catch them. All you have to do is just tie them, right? And you get Peyton in your house one more time, uh, assuming that Denver would win its divisional game in their house this year, unlike last year. What's the New England uh, Patriots? They're home against Cleveland this week, Rich. That's they, a win. And then they're at Miami, always a tough game. That is always a tough game. At Baltimore, always a tough game. That's a Monday nighter, isn't it? Or a Sunday night? That's a Sunday night. Yep. That's the late game. And then uh, finish the season home against Buffalo. Is it time we start giving the Dolphins their due? Yes. I mean, that, what that locker room's gone through? And yes. Six and six? Well, it also helps to play a Jets team that is absolutely uh, dismal. Are you sitting up at QB this week, ball. Rich? I mean, Geno Smith... Thrown to the fire. Geno Smith. I don't even need to finish the sentence, right? <laughs> and then Matt Sims coming into the middle of a game. Geno Smith is going to start this week for the Jets. The Jets uh, uh, essentially announced that, or Geno uh, announced it. 
where Geno said that his his position coach told him he's starting this week. He's the quarterback. Oakland is at the Jets. Your boy Matt McGloin. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget about this rookie quarterback who darn near won on Thanksgiving and in Dallas. That I mean that he had a lot of nice back shoulder fade throws. That one, that interception, it's tough. Throwing it to Jacoby Ford, a five eight receiver. I mean, you got the six four guy on the outside and then you got Streeter as well. But he looked pretty solid. And let, let's let's turn to the Thanksgiving games right now. Because we had, as you know, the third Thanksgiving game uh, was created when NFL Network got our package of games in 2006. Our first Thanksgiving night game, the third game of the, of the 2006, first triple header on Thanksgiving, was Denver at Kansas City. And we had that game every year up until last year when NBC in the reorder of, of uh, television contracts got the Thanksgiving night game. And NBC and Thanksgiving, two years in, has shown that this is a volatile brew for somebody on the field where the football fates are going to find that person and hang around their careers an albatross that will be very difficult for the rest of their lives to remove. I at first was racking my ba- brain for the original one, and then it came to Last me. year was the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, <laughs> which will be, without a doubt, in the first two paragraphs of whatever story will be written about his career when he retires, <laughs> when that happens, if there's a story written about his career when he retires. Someone's got to write it first, right? <laughs> okay? The butt fumble. Will Mark Sanchez ever live the butt fumble down? Answer me that. Riddle me that, Batman. And then the latest example of how a, what's the phrase? That it takes a lifetime to build your reputation, and it could take 10 seconds to to tear it down. Right. I mean, coming into this past week, did anybody question Mike Tomlin's credentials of being, A, a stand-up guy, be a guy who plays everything by the rules, by the book, a buttoned-up individual of the highest order. Sterling. I don't think anyone reputation. would question that. No, Correct? No one would question Correct. that. And then one Jacoby Jones kickoff return later, where it absolutely looks like Tomlin impeded or attempted to throw him off his game. By flinching in his direction. The fact that he was standing where he was standing on the sideline to begin with is bizarre. The fact that he wasn't looking at him, but sort of looking over his shoulder at something coming his way. While he was looking at the Jumbotron. Which is, has to be showing somebody coming his way. You know, those, those Jumbotrons can be disorienting. The fact know? that when that he moved in the direction before moving out of the way of Jacoby Jones. All of that. And then smiling about (laughs) it. That people took that like he was the cat that ate the canary. That he had had succeeded in what he wanted to do, which was somehow, someway prevent Jacoby Jones from scoring right after his team that had not scored in the first half of the game had posted its first touchdown of the game to bring them within six. All of that together, did anybody see that coming? It truly is. It was so weird. Off the charts, 
remarkable. And his uh, his local affiliate there, KDKA in Pittsburgh, didn't do him any favors well, releasing I mean, they, that new video. They, they showed a video. The video was posted on Monday of this week where the video was taken from the end zone that J- Jones was running from. From, essentially right on the sideline. Correct. Angle, and, you know, because local teams, local stations send camera crews and they usually line up on the uh, right behind the end zones and yep. shoot shoot their video or, or, you know, somewhere between the goal line and the 20-yard line. There's always local cameras there. That's what the league has been allowing since day one. They shot Jacoby Jones running away from the camera, and you see Tomlin in the middle of the white, spread-eagled sort of in a way where his foot's on the field, right foot's on the field, left is on the white, right? Yep, and he takes a step with his left foot to his right foot in a way like he's st- like he's about to take the charge. Yeah, right. That's the way it looked like to me. Shane Battier. It's what you do in the paint, right? You put your legs in a position where you're about you're you got in the, you're standing there, mm-hmm. so it makes it look like he's bracing himself for contact. Personally, I do not believe at all that. Mike Tomlin is capable of doing this. Is that because you might have to sit down with him at some point? You know what? Uh, clearly, I could be accused of that. Like, I would like, I want Mike Tomlin to have, uh, you know, I don't ever want him to say that um, he doesn't want to talk to me because I accused him of something. Yeah. I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt, but say this. There is a possibility that for five, six seconds in his life, he lost his mind. Yeah, that's what I think it was. I mean, it's pretty... That he just absolutely lost his mind, lost his place, lost his sense of self in the universe. And those were the five seconds that, or four seconds, that Jacoby Jones was coming his and way. And you can clearly and, see Jacoby divert a little, too. Well, there's no doubt that Jacoby Jones thought that he was, that was avoiding contact. Yeah. There's no question. There's no doubt about that. But... Mike Tomlin reacting in a way, as he said on Tuesday, that unaware of people might think otherwise, that to me is somebody has to get him and say, Mike, you got to address this right now. And he did address it on, on Thursday night, but not to the point where, you know, days go by before – we hear from him on Glazer on Monday, and then Tuesday he had this to say. Do you have the uh... – I do. Do you want to hear Jacoby first or on the sidelines? What do you mean? Well, Jacoby – at Rave TV, the Ravens TV team, yes. is on the sidelines, and they shoot the game. Yes. And as soon as he came over to the sidelines, he was complaining about it because a few teammates gave him uh, grief for getting caught from behind. I mean – so you hear Tory Smith here first, and the Ravens released this. And the video. Ravens released this video. <laughs> and so, of Tomlin, of all the wrong teams to do this, right? The Ravens are just gleeful. I mean, Tory Smith was one of the first people I saw on Twitter and Instagram disseminating um, a one of the myriad mock-ups placing Mike Tomlin sort of in that <laughs> leap away pose. <laughs> Yeah, kudos to your new Twitter. Just taking, yeah, I, I got in on that. But Tory Smith taking that, somebody took that moment, right, and superimposed him on a on a on a solid gold dance floor. Very very funny, all these. And then Sap <laughs> sends me one of 
of Tomlin superimposed on on the sideline as I'm running the 40 yard dash, <laughs> and it was it was sort of it was funny. It was hilarious. It, was, it, it wasn't you know. Let's put it this way. It, it, the the production value wasn't that great, so I sent out on Twitter, "Can somebody do any better?" Right, and I believe it was at Redskin Sanity. At Redskin Sanity, sent me perfect, and that's my new avatar. It's 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 really well done. And then there was one I tweeted out today. Is that is that at Redskin Sanity? Yeah, Redskin Sanity. Yeah. And uh, so kudos to you, sir. And Sap made one up that I tweeted out today of. Of somebody having Kurt Warner, Sap, and Irvin from their Dancing with the Stars moments, Mooch like leaning over like uh, Chris Farley and Down by the River type pose. Okay, <laughs> me doing something with a football. I have no idea where they got that. And best of all, Marshall, Marshall Falk in the corner, just... sort of looking over his shoulder, like, "What's with these fools?" <laughs> it is classic. So everyone's having fun, and Tomlin, when he gets fine, it's not it's not fun for him. Not fun for him at all. But so, you, so this is from the yes. Ravens? Yeah, from this, is, uh, this is from Rave TV. Yeah, this is okay. from Rave TV. You'll hear Tory Smith first, then Jacoby. Okay, very good. Go, man. Three states of pro. Yeah, you know, you got walked. I thought you were bad. Coach on the field. Coach on the field. I had to go around him, bro. I swear. He was looking at the jumbotron like he was facing this way, like at the jumbotron. I'm running down the sideline like you just got walked, bro. Thompson was on the field. Thompson was on the field. Yeah, he got walked. He had a nice bag. Go That's classic. I know. Thank you. I'm like, what the hell? Thank you. So I they, love it. So that's his teammates giving him grief for getting caught. They showed it on the Jumbotron, and they were like, oh, he was on the field. Yeah, and they probably they thought he was full of it, right? Yeah, they thought he was full of it. And so that's him saying thank you because they've shown it on the Jumbotron. See? <laughs> and Collinsworth and Al were all over it right from the, right from the get-go. And we watched that all together because you finally showed up to our Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner an hour and a half late, which yes. Susie loved, by the way. <laughs> you know, when you're planning a Thanksgiving dinner that involves a five-year-old, a near-three-year-old, and a 12-week-old, what you need is how old are you? How old are you? How old are you, Chris? Thirty-three. You need a thirty-three-year-old who says that I'm going to be at dinner. Yes. To show up an hour and a half late. Even That's I what you need. There, I don't think it was That's an hour and a half. However, yes, the dinner. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I, I, Chris Law beat you there. I beat you. Well, it's the first time for everything. <laughs> but anyway, we watched it all together. We couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe we couldn't, what we were seeing. Here's, here's my question. Are we operating under the assumption that Jacoby Jones would have scored and taken that to the no house? No question. Really? Yeah, that's what he was saying on the sideline because it, it didn't make the I cut because it any was question. anger. But uh, he said he was mad at his teammates and coaches because he's like, I never get caught from behind. And he, which... I don't think there's any question in my mind he would have scored that touchdown. Okay. Again, I, I, I'm saying 95% of me thinks that Mike Tomlin's incapable of this. 5% of me thinks that he lost his head for six, spe- six seconds in his life. Marshall thinks that. He kind of did, did it on purpose. That he did it on purpose? I mean, how does he know that Jacoby Jones is going to choose that sideline to run up? You know what I mean? But if you're making that decision to consciously get in the way. I think he's standing there. I think he's standing. The, the 5% of me that makes this possible, he's standing there. He's looking at the Jumbotron. He's coming at him, and he goes, man, I, he can't score. He can't score. And then he's just like, oh, wait a minute. And then just doesn't move. And what? then doesn't move. Doesn't move. Doesn't think that he's he, – I mean – 
honestly. Have you ever? That's the only way I think that that is at all possible. You know, but one hundred percent of me believes well, the only thing that he would have scored. The only thing I can think of is you see yourself on camera all the time. You have a return monitor, if you will. And he's looking at, oh, at, will, the, at the, the jumbotron will, yeah. up there. I will have the and sometimes you get a little confused as to your right or left. In all seriousness, and you you know you're not sure if hey if I move this way, am I really moving that way up there or down True. here? And I almost kind of think if if we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, that I think that's the only plausible that. Yeah. that he got lost in the jumbotron and was like, oh, I need to move the other. Well, way. I was going to say this. Uh, I refereed like intramural sports in college, and like sometimes you get caught watching the game. And so I think he's just kind of standing there, and he's like, oh, wow, there's this awesome kickoff return. Oh, man, I'm in the way. You got his response? I got his response. This is Mike Tomlin on Tuesday. This is long. Uh, we'll cut it off about two minutes in, but it's, it's worth listening to. Here's what he had to say to the media. My descriptions of my actions on that play um, are a lot of things, uh, embarrassing, uh, inexcusable, um, illegal, um, a blunder, um, being many of the things that I use to describe it. Um, I take full responsibility for my actions on that play. Um, I acknowledge that my actions, unfortunately, became part of the play. Um, I also embrace that um, as head coaches, man, we're held to the highest standards of conduct. And I realize that that blunder uh, fell woefully short of that expectation. And in, and in that vein, uh, I embrace the responsibilities that come with, with my position and understand uh, their repercussions from, from uh, a blunder of that nature. And uh, I embrace it. I also understand uh, with my position uh, comes the, the charge of preserving and protecting the integrity of the game of football. And um, I think probably my biggest error on Thursday night is not realizing that that play uh, jeopardized the integrity of the game from a perception standpoint. At no time Thursday night in the game or after, uh, did I realize that my actions would be perceived potentially or could be perceived potentially as intentional? Um, and uh, that's a mistake on my part. As someone that's, that's in my position that's supposed to preserve the integrity of the game of football, I should have realized the potential for that and acted accordingly. Um, I didn't realize that potential. Really, I was focused on uh, the blunder itself, uh, the embarrassment it produced, and moving my football team past it. Uh, that was the number one guiding uh, influence of my actions and, uh, and, and not recognizing the potential of perception from that standpoint, I also fell short uh, of, of the duties that come with my position. Um, that being said, um, since I left the stadium, uh, it's been shocking to me that my actions uh, could have been or, 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 or have been perceived in any way intentional uh, in regards to my action on that play. Um, I have no desire, and let me be clear, I have no desire um, to defend my character and things of that nature. Um, I've become comfortable uh, with the fact that in these positions you get judged in a certain way and to a, to a certain degree you live a public lifestyle. Um, I, I've embraced that long ago. I mean, he owns it. You know what I mean? And, he and, always does. And um, he's right. You live a public lifestyle and he will always be known for this. I mean... He'll be known for being a Super Bowl winning head coach, perhaps multiple Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, he'll be known for having a no nonsense, tough guy approach. May be known for one day having more time in the job there as, as Cower. Maybe having more time on the job there than than Noel one day. But 
he'll be known for this too. I think he I mean, was also the end of that. He was story. also up for heading the competition committee. Well, or, he's, he's on the or he's on the competition committee, and that's part of why. why that's is... why everybody thinks that they, the hammer is going to be brought down big time. I don't think they should lose draft picks. I mean, that's nah, a that, little. Yeah, I know. That's nah, much. Just find him. Find the guy. No, it's going to be. They'll find him. I mean, as of the taping, we're we're, we're taping this the day of those comments on Tuesday. Um, I'm sure many people will be listening to this once once this uh, matter is adjudicated by the league. And Do you it's think time. it's six figures? No doubt. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's Belichick five hundred thousand esque, but I think it's six figures. No doubt. There's no doubt. And but one thing, another for sure too. I mean, it wasn't flagged. I mean, how do you not? How in the world does that not get flagged? I mean, especially. Do since you think the officials saw it? Chris Brockman. Running how is right this not line. caught? There's, I mean, a lot, there's, there's a lot of things. Guys, there's, there's enough guys. There's enough guys that don't get called. At that point in time, at that point in time, what you're looking at, if you're an official, you're looking at any blocks, any illegal blocks that are taking place. At that point in time, they're way past all, all the blocking. There's two guys to look at, one with the football, one chasing them. And then suddenly there's a third guy to look at, look. the head coach who's standing with a foot on the field. And this is one week after the Jets – Coach, one of the Jets' assistants got dinged for 15 yards, getting in the way of an official running up the field on a special teams play. And as Ian Rappaport and many other information folk reported this past week, that play was included on the tape that sent out each week from the league, from Dean Blandino, the VP of officials' office, to the teams saying, look out. Fresh reminder, everybody, right. this happened last week. Don't let this happen to you. <laughs> it's a point of emphasis well, from the top zebra. How in the world do they not miss it? And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I know that we're talking downgrading systems, right? That a, a ref gets downgraded. Sure. A crew gets downgraded when they mess up something. The referee that night. Was Cleet Blakeman the same guy who <laughs> didn't right. announce why they picked up a flag on Monday Night Football two <laughs> weeks before? Which is, uh, you know, listen, I'm all for backing your guys. Sure, you had a you 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 had a tough night in front of the whole country on Monday Night Football, and it's something we're talking about all week. But you know what? We're going to put you out there on the beachfront property of say. Thursday Night Football, Thanksgiving night on NBC. We'll put you out on that beachfront property, and they missed that call. We said the same thing. Like, how does this guy oh. get another primetime game In their game defense, there that? were five primetime games this week because three Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night. That's, you know, shuffling crews. Well, that, J- that Jeff big. Triplett and his crew, they yeah, didn't they, do a much better job holy that was on smokes. Sunday night. And that's Alan Chris, too. Maybe something in the air with NBC. We're I mean, talking about kudos to them for the downs and the spotting, and they were all over. Lighting them up. I mean, too. Alan oh, Chris Al were just Ooh, he was lighting them up. And every, a lot of people are saying that, that that's much ado about nothing because Fred Davis didn't catch the third down pass that the Redskins thought was on first down. Had he caught it, would have been a first down anyway. And that's, the next play that they ran, knowing it was fourth down, to Garcon. Garcon, he got stripped after getting the first down. So there were two times that the ball was actually advanced from RG3's <laughs> hand to a Redskin receiver's hand past the first down marker both times one guy dropped sure. it, one guy got it ripped away, and you're saying that that's much ado about nothing. I disagree I with disagree that. I disagree, too, because you know what? On third down, if they know it's third down, don't they run a different play call? Don't they hand the ball off and try to get the first down? It's third and inches. Right. You're not going over the middle for 25 exactly. yards. Exactly. They're, they're going to the run. game on the line. Right. 
The good news is neither teams are playing for anything. But still, that's not true. The Giants are five and seven, brother. Well, and the Redskins people are playing for their jobs. Yeah, that, yeah. Look, not, <laughs> I, I, it's not much ado about nothing. And and uh, again, and I'm not just saying this because I'm uh, you know an NFL Network guy, but. I see, you know, every Thursday night, I see it all the time, yeah. standing on the sideline. These guys move fast. The game moves so fast. These guys are so big, moving fast. It is remarkable that they can see in real time whether uh, a, a toe has been dotted on the ground to complete a catch or this happens or that. Sure. It's a very difficult job. But you have to you have to get your downs in straight. You can't be calling up the the chain gang when you're, the, the head official is holding the, the three up. NFL VP of officiating Blendino said they should have stopped the play. Uh, stopped the play. To, but Tom to Coughlin said I, I would have been. He, he would Furious. have flipped out yeah. if they'd stopped the play. Yeah, and Mike Shanahan said the side judge told him it was a first down because he asked him. for a measurement. Right. He was, he he was, was like, the one who was. And, that's and, the headlinesman who's calling because right. that's whose job it is to move the chain gang. All of that stuff. And he the said, headlinesman is supposed to be in concert with right. the referee. No, we don't need the measurement. It's a first down. Th- that's almost got to be in a. An official up in the booth over... I don't know what you do I don't in that know what situation. You do. What you do is you get it right. Yeah, that's in real true. Time. <laughs> that's true. That's what you do. Well, Philadelphia, Arizona, Arian sent 15 plays to the league office because I yeah. was watching that game closely, a couple iffy ones. I mean, well, because it's just like you call you call a hold on one team defensively, and it sure looks like it's it's the same call you need to make against Kerry Williams, certainly on the last play of the game for, for, for Arizona, and there's no call. And Kerry uh, Williams, you got to love him, man, on Tuesday said, quote-unquote, let's not be crybabies, man. I thought the refs kept them in the game to some degree at times, but it's football. And he told Arians, it's time to stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were, they, were, they were pissed about Arians calling their, the, uh, the, the offense of um, the, the, you know, the, the pistol offense, the read option offense. You know, college, good for college. Good for college. But it's not good for the pros because it gets the quarterback hurt. You know who's not hurt? It's six foot six, Nick Foles. 19 no. touchdowns, zero interceptions. He... Big game this week, and we'll talk about that in a moment while picking games for week number uh, 14. Lions 7-5 and five at Philadelphia 7-5. and five. That is a big football game. He's been named the starter for the next thousand years. Yes, he has, as long as he can stay healthy, <laughs> yeah. which is what Bruce Arians would say, too. Great. But that's what, that's what, that's what Chip Kelly said this week. That's what he said this week. But the the marquee game of the week, there there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's the game that NBC flexed into. It's the Panthers, it's the Saints, and it's Ryan Khalil on the phone. He is the center of the 9-3 and three Carolina Panthers getting set for a monster Sunday night football game. Returning to the Rich Eisen podcast, pleased to have Ryan Khalil back on the show. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Rich. I'm pleased to have you, thrilled to have you. 9-3, um, and three. what in the world has gotten into you guys? What in the world has happened, Ryan? the Panthers we're 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 doing the things we need to do to win and it's fun it's a it's a lot of fun to to win rich I forgot how fun it is when you win <laughs> you forgot huh you did it's, well it's, it's been a few seasons and is there a moment I mean a lot of people are are you know picking at the DNA of this whole thing and and going back to last fall <laughs> right around this time last year when you guys finished up strong is that is that is that a is that proper to do that to go back um, that far? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I you know, I, I think going back to 2011 when this new group first got together, um, the consensus has always been that it's a very talented bunch. Uh, but we were young in a lot of areas, especially the quarterback position. 
Um, it was a completely different offense for a lot of the core guys um, than we were used to, so that took some timing. There was a bit of a learning curve there. So I just think um, you had a place or you have a place with a lot of really good people. Um, since day one, it's been nothing but hard work, hard work. A lot of great guys. I think you look the past two seasons um, that our record wasn't great. You saw guys who were finishing strong, which I think spoke a lot to their character and how they felt about our head coach and, and his assistants. Um, and so there was always this feeling of if we just stay the course, if we just keep doing what we're doing, if we can get some more help in these areas as we progress, that things will work out for us. And I think that's kind of what you've been seeing. Part of the reason why I bring that up, finishing up strong and how I can carry over to the next season, is I'm, I'm getting set to try and sell the Houston at Jacksonville game that I've got for this Thursday night, Ryan. <laughs> you know, and, and right. that's, that, that's something that I'm, I'm going to really be banking on, so this better be true. You know what I mean? Like, I need, I need to hang my hat on, like, on something because not all of us can flex into Carolina Panther games. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, and, I, I, you know what? In my limited experience in the league, I, I've come to learn that there are no bad football teams in the NFL. There's only better ones. Is that <laughs> all right? So Can I use that Thursday use, night? Absolutely. I have not trademarked that. Um, uh, no you, t-shirts. No memes. No, no, no nothing. No t-shirt. I, which, by the way, I will say I can't believe the phenomenon. Well, I guess I believe that is uh, punters are people too. Yes. It's really it's really taken hold culturally. And uh, I know our I know our specialists really really uh, love it. Would they want? Do they do they want a T-shirt? Because I mean, uh, well, I they can, know they already got them. I know. I mean, the they la- already got them. I know. I, I I came up with new ones because you know I've always got to improve. I can send the new style ones. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. You know, there's kickers or people too, also. So you know, Graham can get one. You know, right, right. You know what I mean? Okay, so there's a more generic one. I got gotcha. you. No, no. It's there's. I could make up centers or people too. I could do that. Right. I feel like it loses its its flair a little it bit. Does. though. well, because because I mean you don't want to you want to water down something that's working, Rich. That's, that's true. That's true. You're not wrong. And and no. I, so so can we can we use that analogy to the 2013 Carolina Panthers? Because it's working. I mean, and and the question is, how do you sustain it? Got a big game coming up this weekend, Ryan. I don't need to tell you. How, yeah. how do you go ahead and just keep keep doing what you're doing? Well, I, you know, I think we've been so uh, um, conditioned to not really pay attention to what's being said about us or about our upcoming games because it's been so brutal the last few seasons that now that there's some positive talk about us, it's, it's easy to kind of phase that out as well. So I think for us, um, it's been pretty um, easy the last, uh, seven or eight weeks for us to really just continue to do what we've been doing and, and coming in, coming to work every Wednesday, correcting the field, continuing to grow, get better out of a lot of areas that, that uh, we need to improve at. And all those things sound like cliches, and, and they are, but they're, they're so true, and, and, uh, and we constantly remind each other of those things, and, and, uh, and it's been working out for us. So I think, it's, I think it, listen, it's a really good football team, regardless of – of uh, the outcome last night, um, I think Drew Brees is a really good quarterback. I think they got incredible pass rushers up front of their defense. So, you know, it's another challenge for us, and, and uh, we got to come ready to play in a, in a pretty uh, pretty loud place. 
There's no doubt about that. And you guys have, are, you know, it's not a place that you haven't been in. You're, you're there every no. year, you know. And and I'm just wondering when you were one in three after finishing last year's regular season with a perfect December, going four and zero, and having all those good feelings coming in, and Cam exuding confidence in a manner or leadership in a manner that people were saying he was doing in the in the summer. And then going one and three, what what was that like, being in that one and three hole in October? Uh, it was a little bit of the same, but it it just felt different though than in seasons past because you, I think the maturity thing was something that really was sort of manifesting in uh, in in sort of how we were losing versus games in past, and I can't tell you how many games in the last two seasons we've led in the fourth quarter and just couldn't finish. And so um, there was a little bit of that, I think, early on in the season, especially that Buffalo game was tough. Um, I remember thinking we had this game won, and then all of a sudden it slipped, and and, uh, Seattle was a really good team that we played, and we fumbled at the end there when we started driving it down. Um, And then we had the New York game, and then Arizona was a game we let go in the second half. So, yeah, it, it, I think it's easy to start to kind of have those feelings of, okay, well, here we go again. But it just there was something that was different about this team <clears throat> um, when we were one and three, and we just kind of finally said, all right, we got to start taking it one game at a time. And then you, it, it helps to take it one game at a time and score 30 or more points in each one of them as you did in the following four games in a row that you won. Cam, how has he been different this year? opposed to last previous years or even earlier this season? How's he been different? Well, he's, he's such an incredible athlete. I think obviously that's evident. I don't have to explain that. Um, you know, the thing about Cam is, is he's, he cares a lot. And, and uh, um, he's a very sincere person, although I will say sort of the guy he is in the interviews and the media, and he tries to be a lot funnier and, and uh, more articulate than he really is, is a little bit different than how he is in the locker room. He's a lot. He's a lot more humble. He's a lot more um, uh, caring of how he's perceived by his teammates um, than he is what the media says. And uh, I think I think early on, um, especially this, it started again. A lot of unfair criticism by the media, and, and a lot of times people trying to, to almost manifest things, right? Like so, one of the early things was. Somebody had asked Cam, would he like to be a captain? Well, what's he supposed to say? Of course, he's going to say, yeah, I'd love to be a captain. Why would you like to be a captain? And he gave all his reasons. Well, the next thing you know, the headline is Cam Newton campaigning for himself to be captain. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's one example of, of a lot of things that happen that I think are unfair to him. But at the same time, he doesn't get all bent out of shape about it. He just he goes on. He's one of the last guys in the building every day. That's a true story. And I just feel like uh, I feel like the biggest thing with Cam is is that you know he cares a lot. You know he wants to win so bad. He had a lot of he had he had uh, a lot of success um, coming out of college, and then his rookie year he broke all these records, and he felt like he could really help us win. But the problem is is that I think a lot of times he tried to force it too much. He felt like every play he had to win on that play. And so when the maturity comes is you see a, you see a quarterback, you see a young man who's, who's finally figured out that 
I don't have to win on every play. And he's made really good choices. And I think that's part of the maturity process. And, and that's part of the experience, right? And so they always say the best way to get experience is experience. And, um, and so I think it's been a natural growth there. But also he's been the same guy since day one. I think all the players have had his back since day one. There's been times where the media has tried to make case where maybe we need to start looking elsewhere. Maybe he's not the guy. And that's never been the case in our locker room. Um, and so I think the result of that is you just see a guy who's who's playing the way he's been playing, but just making a lot better decisions and really doing a great job and getting us in and out of the huddle and uh, and um, and getting us in the right place. And that's but part of the story that that he has manifested out of what we've been talking about is that yes, a great physical athlete. Minute he can chant, if he can start playing the game from the neck up. It could be a wrap. It could be a wrap for, for a lot of teams. And that seems to be what he's doing this year, is he's playing the game from the neck up and knowing when he should just let his physical attributes take over. And that is just one dangerous, dangerous combination when you well, think about it, Ryan. Yeah, and the thing about Cam is is he wants to be a pocket quarterback first. I mean, I know, I know uh, the highlights um, after Sundays are him running around and doing a Superman stuff, but – he makes incredible throws. I mean, he he has such a powerful arm, and and uh, and he does do a really good job in in some of the decisions and choices he's making and how he's throwing. And so he wants to be a passer first. And I think we haven't always done a good job speaking about our offense lining up front and always giving him the best protection. And I tell you, having a guy like that in the backfield is incredible for our offense, for any offense. I mean, when you can have a guy who when all hell breaks loose, can make something out of nothing, I mean, that that's huge. That's a huge positive for your football team, especially offensively. Um, and so he's he's made some really crappy blocks, especially on my part, <laughs> uh, turn into 45-plus-yard plays. But so, I imagine you have to hold your blocks longer, correct? And that you have to have that mindset going into the game because you never <laughs> know when he decides that the play's <laughs> over from the pocket, right? Right, right, right. Well, yeah, you definitely got to keep your head on a swivel, and, and you know when it starts moving outside of the pocket that you got to turn back upfield because he could either jet it, jet downfield or, or, or dump it over the top, and, and, uh, and he's done a really good job of both. And so, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that element of a guy like Cam Newton is, uh, is pretty incredible. What about this week? Is, is New Orleans the loudest place you've played in? ever um it gets loud i i don't think it's the loudest i seattle i know everybody makes a big deal about it it's that's a loud place i think one of the loudest places i've ever ever played in was uh when we went down to minnesota um in 08 um that place was really loud but yeah usually the domes tend to be the louder environments what about oregon when you were at usc what about that no definitely not rich (laughs) definitely not that was that was pre highlight color Oregon though. Oh, okay, yeah, I can't. Was, I mean, I, I'm, seriously, my rods and cones uh, were were all messed up for that Oregon yeah. Oregon State game. I couldn't even I couldn't even see that. I couldn't even watch. Yeah, that. That's I, terrible. Uh, I'm a Nike guy, so I can't speak too oh, much on that. Oh, you're a corporate stooge. Yeah. See, I can't, I can't speak too much on that. Yeah, you're, just do it. Just do you it. Know, I know. I know. There there is there is uh, an eye in in Khalil. I understand. <laughs> I understand, and the That's y true. the y sounds like an I in rhyme. There's also a lil. There's a, that's right. 
I understand. So in in New in New Orleans this week, I mean, what is what is your mindset? Is this is this because I, I, I again I understand you know it's on the road and even if you drop one here, you do get them in your house two weeks from now. I I get all that, but this is this is in front of the country. I mean, NBC has decided to bring its its roadshow to you. To, sure. to to New Orleans because essentially of how you're playing. And I know, you know, Monday night you, you beat Brady in front of the country. I get that. The San Francisco game's another thing. But to do this in front of the country on Sunday night, it's got to put a little extra something on this. I, I just want to peek under the hood here as you approach this game. Uh, well, you kind of stole my thunder because I Did was going to compare it to the Monday night game and the San Fran game. I feel like they're they're fairly comparable. See, I just screwed that up. I should have just let yeah. you answer. Uh, yeah. But I was on a I, roll, uh, and I appreciate you not stopping me. I couldn't be stopped there uh, in that question. <laughs> but it's it's got the same feel is what you're saying to those Yeah, games. I think so. I think so. And I think I think the fact that they, they're division opponents and that we play them quite often maybe takes a little bit off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's an important game for us. Everybody knows that. Um but I think our focus is just doing what we've been doing, continue to, to grow, continue to get better. Um, we're getting really healthy in a lot of areas that we've been missing. I think that's a positive for us. Um, you get excited about that. Um, and, yeah, so we'll, right. we'll, we'll take it one day at a time, start tomorrow, mm, okay. and, and uh, I'll talk to you after Sunday. All right. We'll, well, we'll figure it out. A few quick hitters before I let you go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Riverboat Ron. You like that <laughs> nickname? You like it? <laughs> I love it only because Ron hates it. Why does he hate it? He Riverboat Ron hates it. Why? Uh, I don't know. Probably because the media came up with it, I would oh. imagine. I don't know. What's with, I mean, listen, I, I understand where the paparazzi, but, I mean, <laughs> you know, is this, is it, are you not, I mean, you're one nine out of 12 games. You're not in, like, the siege mentality, right? It's not us versus the the world, is it? Is it? Is that what it is? If I intruded as the... As the them and us versus them here in this no, conversation? I, no, I don't think so. But I think I think when you're trying to force the issue of why the name is what it is, yeah. I think that's what gets disappointing about it. Because I'll agree with Coach a little bit that <clears throat> there's not this huge change in how he's coaching this year. You know, so I think there's been a lot more instances where there's been these sort of quote-unquote gamble calls yeah. this season than there has been in, in seasons past. But this is only his third year coaching for the Panthers, and we haven't been in a whole lot of those situations. So I guess there there are a couple calls in years past that were more conservative, but I don't think it would. I think they don't. I don't think they changed the outcome of those past two seasons. Okay. To merit all of a sudden this new guy that everybody keeps talking about. All right, so I'll shoot. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. And sorry if I'm going too much on no, this. No, please hit. go go. But that's that's the thing. I think a lot of guys why a lot of guys have so much respect for Coach is because he's been the same guy. He's been the same guy from day one, and, uh, and you love him for it. And, and, and I think that's why he's, he really is a player's coach, and I think that's why you have such a passionate group right now in the Panthers and how we're playing. So then my idea for you and the team to arrive for this big New Orleans game by river boat is a non-starter. <clears throat> In New Orleans, no, no I non-starter. 
No, I support it 100%. Because, I mean, imagine, right? You and the Panthers show up down the Mississippi on a riverboat with Ron. That's just, I think it's, I think it's genius, quite frankly. Well, Ryan, I, I said I'm on board, no pun intended. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, two more things. Do you have your Ice Up Sun t-shirt? Do you have that? I don't know. I don't have that. You got to get that. I don't have that. There's there's a lot of t-shirts going on right now. I know, but that's a gen- that's that's a gen- I mean, ice up sun is as good a phrase that I've heard coming from in a mouth of an NFL player in a very long time. Well, see, I've been Steve's teammate for a while, so yes. that's just one of many. Is that right? That, yeah, I so he's think used so. that before. I, I mean, I don't have my notebook in front of me, but there's <laughs> there's a whole bunch of Steveisms, if you will. That yeah. I think are are much more deserving of being on a T-shirt than Ice Up Sun, but I think Ice Up Sun's. I think it's a good one. It is a good one. Do you have Do you have one that off the top of your head that you can huh. provide, or that that would be a Ooh, nothing, nothing nothing rated PG that I can right. probably say <laughs> on the Rich Eisen podcast. <laughs> and what do you think of Sarkeesian at USC? What do you think of that move, Ryan? I like it. I I mean. Listen, time will tell. I know there's a lot of unhappy people about it just because people want to be unhappy. But uh, I would remind people that there wasn't a parade for when we hired Pete Carroll, 2000. You remember Pete was a like a third or fourth choice for SC, and I and I think uh, I think uh, obviously his legacy there is is uh, is pretty big in college football. So. Uh, I'm not so quick to to start getting on bandwagons and saying I don't think we should have hired these guys. It's tough because I played for Sark, I played for Ed Ogeron, I played for Lane Kiffin, and I like all those guys. And so, uh, you know, it's a little heartbreaking for me um, and sort of how all that went down first sure. with Lane getting fired and then Ogeron, you know, and and doing what he did after that whole thing happened, and then now you bring in Sark. So um, it's it's emotional for, obviously, those guys, but especially for a lot of the former players that played for those guys because, I mean, obviously there's there's only one position, and so it's tough. I, I, it's tough. But I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a, it's a very smart, calculated hire. Um, I'm a huge Pat Hayden fan. I think he's a really, really sharp guy. Me too. I think uh, I think he would not have hired Steve Sarkeesian if he didn't think he was the right guy for the job. So, right. Um, I mean, everyone's looking for the next Pete, and they, you know that's the third well, straight that's, Pete disciple in a way. To, yeah, that they've well, gone I, to I, see. And I don't and I don't blame for trying to recapture some of that because you know, as good of a coach as Coach Carroll is, I think one of his strengths is the incredible assistance he surrounds himself with. And uh, and that's very apparent in, in a lot of those guys who um, are associated with that era who are been in the mix as of lately and, and obviously bringing Steve Sarkeesian back. So, But I would argue that Steve, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to break this down a little bit, mm-hmm. I think the thinking behind this is that you hire a guy like Steve Sarkeesian because you know he was a big part of – those explosive offenses that we played in when uh, Carson was there, when Leinart was there, um, he was a big part of that. And and so I think um, 
SC West Coast offense from an offense standpoint, you bring a guy like Steve Sarkeesian back, you have a chance to recapture some of that. Um, I think he's a really good recruiter, and uh, I hope that he'll sort of follow in Pete's footsteps and really hiring assistants <clears throat> that have that same mindset, that have that same philosophy, that same energy that uh, a lot of us have come to know who are, who are Trojans. So um, I'm excited for him. I, I'm really sad for Coach Ogeron. I think he's just an incredible guy. I can't speak highly enough about him. He's one of the guys who uh, really put his neck out for me. I wasn't a really highly recruited guy. In fact, SC was one of the only schools that offered me, and uh, Coach O was a big part of that. Um, so obviously I have nothing but, but nice things to say about him. But he is he is a really good coach, and I'm really proud of the way he was able to rally those kids no back. No question. Uh, he saved the season. The season, was yep. in, the season was in the tank. I mean, it was yep. over. And um, and made and made a season of it, and um, you know you can't blame him for 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 saying I'm I'm out though. I mean that that's a tough way to you know save a season and then lose a job opportunity. So no, uh, it is it is. I don't blame him. I don't. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate the time here, man. Um, can you do? I, I mean, I, I this may be too much to ask, but you know I understand. You know when you're in a loud atmosphere. And it's time to you know understand when 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 it's time to snap the ball and what you sometimes you you slap you slap your your backside or something like that right to let them know that 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 the snap's coming or something like that does that happen where you slap you slap somebody to let 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 your no, teammates guard, know it's coming? No, the guard slaps me to let me know yeah, that the uh, that everything's that the all boss set behind me is ready to rock and roll. Well, can you just as one time, just as sort of a shout out to me, slap yeah. slap the guard back once. <laughs> You know, he slaps you, you slap him, and I'll know, and all the listeners of my podcast will know. Okay. Well, can I slap us. the left guard? Because my right hand's going to be down, well, so it's going to be hard yeah. for me to reach back to the right guard. So is well, it all right if I do yeah, the left guard? Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't want – yeah, it'll look like, you know, one of those sort of Three Stooges moments where you just pass it along the line. You know, that's number right. one. I don't want – here's what I want. I, I want a shout-out, but I don't want to be disruptive. You know, you well, can't take your hand. Okay, let's say let's say we get we get an opportunity. Uh, let's say everything goes according to plan, and we yes. get an opportunity to go uh, kneel to victory. Yes, is, does that count if I can do it on that play? Listen, I don't want to be disruptive. I don't want to be no, disruptive. No, if I can do it, if I can do it on that play, I, I won't get I won't get in too much trouble. Yeah, I don't. That's what I mean. I I, yeah. I want I want everybody to get out of this unscathed. Right. But I also you know want to be a factor. In some yeah, way, done. shape, or form. It's done. It, Rich, we go back. It's done. Yeah, we do. We do. It's, do. it's done. And now we go forward. And now, now we go forward. Now we go forward, Ryan Khalil. Thank you so much for calling in. Good luck on Sunday. And uh, at Ryan Khalil is how we follow you on Twitter, correct? That's correct. Love that picture you tweeted out of your daughter, you and your daughter. Thank you. Man, Thank that's, you. Just, that's what it's all about. How old is she now? She's old three years old. What's her name? Kennedy. Kennedy. Kennedy mm-hmm. Khalil, everybody. Mm-hmm. Is she your only kid you got another two one? daughter two daughters and a boy on the way oh congratulations oh yeah. oh yeah yeah i had two boys and went for the girl got the girl oh yeah little rich khalil on the way little rich khalil uh maybe i don't know oh you never know maybe we could you know what can you can you name him podcast just do that podcast khalil that, that, i'll talk i'll talk to the wife tough to snip that one past the goal <laughs> hey ryan thanks so much bud appreciate thanks, it Rich. that's ryan right, khalil no enjoy uh, watching him sunday night football panthers saints here on the rich eisen podcast there he is 
the father of the future podcast, Khalil. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say I was shocked that you asked him to name his new son podcast, podcast. but I'm, I'm not. Did you see, Brockman, you and I can attest to the look on his face when he said, Rich Khalil, the excitement. Yeah, he was oh, very oh. excited. Yeah. Very he said excited. it straight. I kind of thought he was serious there. I thought, thought so, too, that he was, you know, they came up with the name. That's what I thought so also. Oh. <laughs> there he is. And, you know, I mean, something to think about in the back of your mind. Carolina, that had that short week after the Pan- the uh, Panthers went over New England, mm-hmm. went on the road to Miami, and if you remember, they had to eke out that win. Right. It's not easy playing the week after a Monday night game. It's a shorter week. The NFL is all about routine, and when they get thrown out of the routine, sometimes it does manifest itself on game day. And New Orleans has a short week coming into this game, traveling all the way from Seattle. Don't forget, they had to stay to the New night. New Orleans, and they stayed the night because of plane trouble. Oh, I didn't see that. That did not get them back into New Orleans until 3.30 local time Tuesday. Via riverboat? That's the way they should travel. I think you're onto something there. But I, 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 I believe it's a non-starter. It's a little bit like the Texans going into New England in Letterman jackets. Yeah. I'm surprised that Ron Rivera doesn't like the nickname. Why wouldn't you embrace it? Well, I mean, we don't know if he finds gambling abhorrent, number one. True. Okay, we don't know what his philosophy in life is. He okay. could be a very straight-laced man, conservative man. We don't know. But I th- you heard Ryan basically say, is like, he's not, when you're riverboat Ron, you've decided, you know what, screw it. Right. Uh, my job's on the line. My seat's hot. I've only won a handful of games here the first two years. I'm going to take a different approach and just go for it. And he's saying he's the, still the same guy. Yeah. And the moves that he makes isn't just out of a whim of just, ah, screw it. It's it's thought out. What are the odds? Fourth and whatever. Where are we on the field? I mean, it's it's not just spitballing here. But his seat was very much hot it entering, was. entering this season. And, and to riff about Ron, so, which I love. Ron. I'm I love. not saying. I'm just saying. I like what he said about Cam, too. You know, he kind of has realized that he doesn't have to win on every play, which yeah. is tough because we all play golf. And, you know, you hit one a little out of the fairway, <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to get it all back right here. Right. I'm going for the green when the smart play is just laid up. Yep. And, and, and he also said how he's different in the locker room than he is with the media, where this week, I believe he said War Eagle no fewer than like 10 times <laughs> in his press conference after the huge Auburn what? Iron Bowl win for the ages. What a game. I mean, it it did. I got to tell you, the Saturday of college football, the rivalry Saturday of college football, definitely made, and I'm a professional here, it puts a roof over my head. It definitely made week 13 Sunday feel a little anticlimactic. And I don't know if it's because I'm so emotionally involved in Michigan, Ohio State, but the way my school went down against Ohio State, coming back from two touchdowns down to set themselves up to either tie the game or what Brady Hoke decided to do, in my opinion, correctly yeah. with the way that Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde were gashing the Michigan defense. Yeah, you don't want to go to overtime. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It was 30 ticks left to go, so it wouldn't even have been guaranteed had they made the two-point conversion. Sure, but still. The Ohio State with some time. And, and the, you know, to me, in college football, 
as we saw on Monday Night Football, it's not difficult to move the chains quickly, right? <laughs> Even Especially when you're not college, supposed yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we stopping the game to move the chains? It's not like 1930 anymore. You get some spry 20-year-old kids with the chains. They can move it 10 yards yeah, who, or 20 yards who, or 30 who yards. Who tweeted that out? They like, stopped the clock. You know those chain gang guys, though. That's like that's absurd. They're all in their 70s. That's what I mean. They're loving that game. That's what I mean. That is absurd that like they stopped the clock. You don't need timeouts in college football mm, no. to move the ball down the field. So 30 seconds in college football with timeouts is an eternity. Yeah. So there's no guarantee that Ohio State wouldn't have marched down the field quickly to get in field goal range and win the game. But if you've got a shot to essentially end the game and ruin your rival season, one shot from the three-yard line, you take it. I was a huge fan of the decision and a huge opponent of the play choice. play choice. Yeah. Especially when Denard, your guy. No, you mean it's Gardner. Gardner. Denard, I'm seeing Denard Thursday uh, Denard night. Robinson. Yeah, yeah. That's my fault. Gardner, Gardner had been slashing them, getting out in the open, moving his feet, making things happen. Well, they were doing a lot of misdirection. They yeah. were doing a lot of run one way, pass back the other way. That's how right. they scored the touchdown right. to get in. They were, they, were, they were taking advantage of Ohio State's rush. And instead of doing that on this play, they, they, they kept them in the pocket right. where you are now making yourself – Prey to the rush as opposed to using it to your advantage while putting all three guys on one side of that play. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so upsetting. But after that and then the Iron Bowl, the way that that game ended, we'll never see a game end that way. And Auburn, after beating Georgia with the Hail Mary and then winning that game in the manner that they beat Alabama. Do you have the play call? I do. I do. It's uh, it's from the Auburn. Um, because <laughs> I heard the Alabama Network. call live on Sirius driving back from the game day morning meeting. I was. I, I heard the Alabama call live. I was listening to the Alabama call, and the Alabama call was essentially like, "Here's the kick. It's on its way. It's up. It is short." And was was uh, Davis? Chris Davis. Chris, Chris Davis, Davis is running yeah. it out. He's running it out, and he's running down the sidelines, and he's not caught. And Auburn is going to win the Iron Bowl. And I, I stopped my car. I stopped the car, mouth open. I, I did say, holy shit. Yes. You've got to be kidding me. It was a holy ass moment. I believe I tweeted no effing way. <laughs> right. And off we go. And then just the that's the, the agony of defeat. Here is the, the yeah, thrill of victory. I, I heard this on Sirius. I was listening to the Auburn. Who is, who's call. calling? Who's this the, is uh, Rod Bramblett, the voice of the Auburn Tigers and uh, IMG Auburn Network. Who's, I mean, and, and, and when you are the play-by-play announcer of a team, you dream of moments like this, right? He's had two in the past month. Two in the past month. Richard Sandemir of the New York Times interviewed him about that. I mean, this is dream moments for a broadcast. Okay, hit it. Here this we go. is about a minute long. It's great. 56-yarder, it's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. I mean, I got goosebumps. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl in the most unbelievable fashion you will ever see. I cannot believe it.
And we thought a miracle in Jordan Hare was amazing. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Chris Davis just read it. 109 yards. And Auburn is going to the championship game. Awesome. Oh my lord in heaven. It had a little um it had a little Will Ferrell Harry Carey to it. His his infection. I mean I got goosebumps listening to it. I know I got too. It was on, I was on my way to the Coliseum. I went to the USC UCLA game and I couldn't believe it. it was Did unreal. you see the YouTube video of the guy um who celebrated with his kids? Did yeah. you see that? No, I did. ESPN did a good job. Uh, they they aired a, a, a bunch of them. I might not, not have seen great. the same one. Yeah, this one where the wife basically wrote on the on the the copy on the YouTube page that after what happened against Georgia, she got her phone ready oh. for the kick. Oh wow! You know, just in case. But the interesting thing is, like, I mean, the only way that that play was going to result. In anyone's right mind, would be uh, a field goal for Alabama to end the game, but she had the phone ready for some reason to get his reaction, and the most unexpected thing happened. Two things that are unexpected: one, that the guy, you know, Chris Davis, returned it all the way, and two, Nick Saban, the king of situational football at the collegiate level, he's the Belichick of that level. Normally. Everything is buttoned up to the situation. Yep. But as Marshall Falk and I discussed the next day, there, they, the situation that called for it was to prevent the kick from getting blocked. So they had just nothing but big dudes out on the field right. to prevent anybody from getting close to the ball to block it. And the one thing that Saban didn't think was going to happen was the kid was going to come up short. He would just think that it would be – wide right or left but it would certainly go out of the end zone and instead what ensued was as gary danielson called it on cbs a bunch of fat guys on the field for alabama that's all there was couldn't catch this kid unbelievable what a weekend of football wasn't ed reed the first player to run a missed field goal back for a touchdown I don't think so. I don't know what the history of that. I mean, it's had to be happened. And, but, but I feel know. like this, this it has been a, something in the last five years. It was that, a Raven that did it, and Ray Lewis had that huge block. Maybe it was Chris McAllister. I think it was Chris McAllister. 109-yard yes. longest play in NFL Yes, history. but I mean, you know, uh, Cromartie's done it twice. That's what I mean. But since then, like, it was the Raven guy who kind of started but this. But never has a game ended. In a ri- ended. A walk-off, right? Unbelievable. But in a walk-off in a rivalry game, that means so much. And with the stupid computer system it means a lot and auburn is three alabama's four above the team that auburn's playing in the sec championship game missouri whose quarterback is on uh, the 24 7 college football yep. podcast this Met week, with right? uh, matt money and bucky smith he's right. calling in and so um james franklin and yeah james franklin and uh brad edwards of ESPN, who is their BCS expert, he was one. Of, he was when I was there. He was in the uh, he was in the research bullpen. He was just a, you know he would sometimes do research right. Sports Center and stuff of that nature. But he began to get this penchant for understanding this dumbass system that they came up with in the BCS, and he knows everything about everything about the way this might play out. He says Auburn beats. Missouri, mm-hmm. Ohio State beats Michigan State. 
Auburn could hop above both Florida State and Ohio State, even if Florida State beats Duke and Ohio State beats Michigan State. Could you imagine Albert Breer and the Buckeye Nation if they win the Big Ten championship game over Michigan State and Auburn with one loss, which they lost two touchdowns, correct? Yeah. They, they to had LSU, right? And they lose to LSU? Right? Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh. By the way, I'm pulling for that. I retweeted that. <laughs> I retweeted that. And I, I retweeted that LOL. <laughs> and left it at that. As, see, as oh, a Big Ten fit, I, I, I kind of root, rooting for Ohio State. But that's what needs to happen. It's already getting blown up next year with the 14 playoff. But yeah. It needs to be. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Syracuse uh, won its sixth game, Rich. We're, we're, we're going bowling. Penn State over Wisconsin as a <clears throat> twenty, as a three and a. Let's just say a large underdog in the eyes of the OAC. Yeah, I know. Well, didn't Bill O'Brien bring that up? He I see in, in, uh, in his post game speech Mul- to the players, right? Multiple times, yeah. We're Bill O'Brien fans here, Law. You I, know that. Absolutely, I know, I know. absolutely. absolutely. You know that. Uh, before we open our studio doors to Rain Wilson, let's pick some games coming oh, up this week. Um, the Thursday night game. Do you want to you want to hack at it? Yeah, let's Houston do it. Houston at Jacksonville. You know what? I'm going to take the Jags. They've won three in a row. They and have. Houston's lost ten in a row. So <laughs> something's got to give. We're I, not. I think Case Keenum picks up his first win in the season. Yeah, I do not. I'm going Jacksonville. Wow. I'm going Jacksonville. Um, Lions Eagles. That's a good one. As we mentioned moments ago, seven and five versus seven and five. Everybody, seven and five, seven and five. I trust uh, Nick Foles and his nineteen to zero touchdown interception I think ratio. I believe in Nick Foles more than I trust the Lions because you don't know what's going to happen. I believe in Nick Foles. I'm going Eagles. I don't think I need to say anything here. I'm going Eagles as well. Wow. How about the Steelers Dolphins? Oh, I think the Steelers win that game. I think Big Ben rebounds. I mean, let's think about it. That game. If Emmanuel Sanders catches the two-point conversion, right. game's tied. Steelers may win that game, which would send this entire Mike Tomlin sideline thing into a totally different universe. Yeah. Had the, had the Steelers won that game, it would have made this Tomlin thing. They were, Ravens wouldn't have been having fun with it on Instagram. It would have been an outrage. Right. And also, one thing that Tomlin's very lucky that obviously, and this goes without saying, that there was no contact in the play. Yes. My Lord. But I think the Steelers win that game. The Steelers have played very well. They do need Bell back out there. I do not know how he returns, though. He said he didn't remember the hit from that Thursday oh, night. Oh, wow. That was and, scary. And you know what? They need to change that rule yeah. in this way. I, I they, The rule that when the helmet comes off, play is killed instantly is mm-hmm. a great rule. A great rule. Because you don't want anybody to continue the play. Visual evidence of the helmet off, play's dead. I totally get it. Sure. But if the helmet comes off as the player is going to the ground, guys should get forward progress for crying out loud. If the if if the guy is on his way to the ground and helmet comes off, well, well, well you know, the play's over, I get it, but give give the yeah. guy the forward progress as he goes down in a heap for crying out loud. I, Certainly if it goes over the goal line, in a way, was it Jimmy Smith who led with his head on that play? That was it's legal. It's in the pocket and all. I mean, in between the in tackles between the and tackles, all that. Yeah. But I mean, so the leading with the crown of your helmet rule is not applicable within the po- within the tackles. But I mean, in, in a way, they were rewarded for for knocking his helmet off. Right. Yeah, that's a tough one because if 
it, let, let's just say in that scenario, it was bang bang. It wouldn't have happened. But if it's a little bit of a slower fall, another get, defender dives change the in, rule. Change the rule. The forward off. progress. If he if the helmet comes off in the process of going to the ground, you get you get you get the yard you're supposed to get. I mean, touchdown taken away and a concussion. That was that's such insult a, and injury. Such a violent violent hit. I'm also taking the Steelers. I'm, okay, I'm, it's you're gonna the go Mike, Dolphins. Mike Wallace Bowl. I think uh, I think I'm gonna take. Um, okay, Mike Wallace returning. All right, Bengals Colts. I'm taking the Bengals in that game. I as am, you know, I'm as I'm I've too. mentioned at the top of this podcast, switching from Luck to Dalton on my fantasy team this week. I'm going back to Luck the following week when he plays Houston at home, and the Bengals go to Pittsburgh for a game that uh, stayed. On the Sunday night schedule for Week 15, they did not flex out of that game. I can't explain what's going on with that Colts offense and their slow starts. AJ Green probably back on track with Vontae Davis covering him because he's gotten torched this year. I, I like the Bengals too. Okay, clean sweep. Clean sweep. All righty, do we go Raiders Jets? I'm going Matt <laughs> McGloin in that one. I, Jets I, can't move the football. I am too. I'm, they I'm, cannot move the football. Taking McGloin as well. All right. Wow, where are you? Um, Giants Chargers. Two five and seven teams. Loser is essentially out. Yes. Although in the AFC, you know the Ravens are they are home against the Vikings. Um, and it is po- I, I shouldn't say the losers out because it is possible that the six seed is a six and seven team by the end of this week. Right. I mean, I'm going to begrudgingly take the Chargers. I thought they would win at home this week against Cincinnati, kind of mm-hmm. laid an egg there. Uh, the Giants probably should have lost to the Redskins. I'm going San Diego at home. Oof, this is the Eli Manning Bowl. They had to black out the Chargers home game last week for that the won't first happen. time. That won't happen this week. With last Eli week, Cincinnati back. fans didn't travel. You know who's traveling this week? A lot of New Yorkers from Los Angeles yep. all the way down to San Diego. That's Don't true. you worry. That thing – that. Tickets will be sold for that I'm, one. I'm taking the Chargers, though. I have confidence in the Chargers in this one. <sighs> I'll take the Chargers, like to... too. Oh, really? no, I'll take the Chargers, okay. too. Seahawks, Niners. I'm going Seattle. I am going Seattle. They're a better team. I'm sorry. They're better offense. They're a better team. Do you know how dumb it is to pick against Seattle right now? And I think I'm going to take the Niners at home. I really do. That's I, believable. I, I think, obviously, that they can do it. No doubt. Uh, I don't think the Seahawks, you know, part of me thinks that Seahawks aren't going to go 15-1. and one, But because you take a look at the rest of their games, I think they're eminently Crabtree winnable. Crabtree back, you know, Browner being out. Um, no, I said, hear you. Said the same thing about the Saints, though, on Monday. Know, how that, that passing it's attack true. was going to get them. So you got the Niners, Law? I got the Niners. I'm going I'm Seahawks. I, I got the Seahawks. They're going 15-1 they're going fi- right to the By the way, Super I saw Bowl. your tweet of a retweet of Vernon Davis, which he then subsequently did delete. But he, oh, did, he delete did delete his tweet about Because I saw it, and then they were it talking retweeted about it. Later. I don't know how you did. Good, uh, good on him for deleting a tweet, but it got retweeted, I think, over 10,000 times, oh, didn't it? Oh, it blew up. Saying that there shouldn't be a rule of tackling a player by his penis. Yes. Which, oh, I should have asked that of Ryan Khalil because that's what, you know, my wife wants to know, and she's, Susie wants to know, why aren't these guys wearing cups? Yeah, it's tough to run in. They wear, that's they, what I told her. They wear the jock strap, but not the cup. Correct. Right. I don't know. She's like, well, you know, what's up with that? Yeah. But, you know, that, that that's what I retweeted that saying, it's, <laughs> you know, that's the tuck rule, if you will. <laughs> Somebody tweeted back at me, it should be actually the tug rule. The tug rule. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> People had fun with I that know. one. Except for Vernon Davis. I mean, he's got a point. 
are you being figurative or literal that he's got a point? I'm, I'm, See, this is where we get into trouble. I'm not saying this anything. is where this podcast gets into trouble. <laughs> I don't know what I got to bleep here. I don't no, know you what's don't. good to you go. Don't. Monday <laughs> Night Football, good. Cowboys, Bears. Cowboys at Chicago. Is Jay Cutler playing this week? I believe he is. Sean Lee is supposedly coming Sean back Lee's this week back, as yeah. well. Great. I'm taking the Cowboys. You're taking the Cowboys on the road. Yes. Law. Oh, man. Fanboy in me here wants to go uh, with the Bears because I need the Cowboys to lose this one. Uh, however. Why? Well. Oh, because of the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. I want that division. I mean, that's, that's right. pretty much their best way into the playoffs now is the division. So I, I do think that or the Cowboys are going to pull it off, though. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm taking the Bears. Whew. Really? Yes. At home Monday night. I do. If the weather's bad, I switch, though. I'm taking the Bears in bad weather. All right. You reserve the right. And Sunday night football. Sunday night football. I know who I'm taking. Oh, you're taking the Panthers, aren't you? 100% I am. Absolutely I am. The and Panthers they, have had me. I've, I think I've they are better. So I think they are better. They are better top to bottom. That I've, they are balanced on every phase. The, the Saints oh, wow. defense with... Rob Ryan's defense, you know, going, you know, cover zero and stuff like that. I'm taking these the guys Panthers have, they, too. These guys, Charles oh, Johnson is wow. back. Charles Johnson is back. They could pound the rock. I like the Panthers. I've been on them since the game against the Panthers Niners. are the real deal, I and I think, I think the they Pats. win it. I well, think they win well, it, and I think they're the two seed well, after, gentlemen, after 14 weeks. It looks like my lead in this picks contest will grow because I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> Good for you. How did we do last week? Does, I, don't even, do I, we did, have... I was terrible. Yeah. I was twelve and four. Do I have my three wins? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you. Do. I don't think you I do. think you do. I think you're just that far behind. Possibly, <laughs> I think you do have them. No. Yeah, because the uh, the games the the number of games picked. You are no, one seventeen and seventy one. Carry the one, add the two. Uh, Dude, I, there's no way I'm 10. It's not. Rich is I'm three not. games behind All us. right. Well, I'll, I'll follow back up again. Us. So, Rich, you have one, 120 wins. Yeah. Law's got 124, and I have 127. Yes, you do. All right, guys. Very good. Very good. And Law still has the most obnoxious yearbook picture ever. Um, we want to uh, alert everybody. Next week, our guest in studio is Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad. Been working on that caper for a few weeks. Cannot wait. Physically here, not a not a big football person at all. His dad and his family, not him. So we're not going to be talking much football, and I, we're just gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna go soup to nuts with him. So if you haven't seen Breaking Bad yet, what you're going to have to do is just put this podcast aside until you have seen it. But we're going to talk football at the top. No, no, no. I know that. But, right. until, but, but what we'd like to do is what we did with... Uh, we'll give a spoiler alert. Uh, ...is what we did with, with Dick Costolo of, of uh, Twitter and have you, the fans, tweet us some questions for Vince Gilligan. At, uh, so hashtag Ask Vince. Yes. Ha- use uh, REP Ask Vince because there's a lot of stuff going on out there. You never know. With Ask Vince? There's like random people on Twitter named Vince that <laughs> will throw out that hashtag for their own personal blog and stuff. So if you Who are these Vinces? I-, I don't know. You know. Um, Who are these how dare these? How dare, how, how dare they? How dare these Vinces? But, uh, yeah, ask questions because that show is so deep. There's so many uh, layers to it. I'm sure everyone so, has their own nuanced questions. We'll, we'll ask a couple of the best ones. So hashtag REP ask Ask Vince, yeah. I know I it's a know. few more characters. It is. But, uh, it's tough. It's just it's another layer. It's another three letters. REP and... Vince? No. 
Now we're getting making it complicated. Go tweet. Let's go. Have you put in the hashtag yet, or you, this is just your theory? Well, that it a happened lot of with Ask, Ask Dick when I went back <laughs> to uh, <laughs> when I went back to get uh, to to find people's questions using the hashtag. I uh-huh. ran into some trouble. Ask Vince right now on Twitter. Oh well, there's an ESPN first take. Oh, so is that maybe, it? So maybe we don't. But that's from October 3rd. Yeah, there's nothing recently. Yeah. Netflix had an Ask Vince, actually. Yeah, but that's from August. It's true. Ask Vince. And that it. was actually what Netflix used for Vince Gilligan. <laughs> and it was Netflix UK and Ireland, by the way. <laughs> it's an international hashtag, Ask Vince. We want our unique podcast listeners that listen asking the question. Breaking Bad you know? used it. You know? There's trying, been to, nothing trying to expand the brand here. Get our name out there. Well, all I'm saying is that no one's used the hashtag Ask Vince since uh, since 3rd. first take. So they were embracing Ask Vince on first take. Um, so I think we're good. Hashtag Ask Vince. Okay. Can we do that? We can do it. Let's do it. Okay. Can't wait. Very good. So uh, let's throw open the studio doors. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast uh, somebody of whom we are huge fans, pleased to have him back in studio, um, and I'm sure also pleased that his Seattle Seahawks rocked the football world on Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints to improve to 11-1. and Rain Wilson here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Ooh. How are you? And the crowd goes, is that is that the 12th man? Is that the 12th That's man? That's my 12th man impersonation. The- Only it's like... <sighs> <laughs> It is very it's so imposing. That is actually. Have un- you been in that stadium? Uncanny. Yeah, your ears literally bleed. Well, I know. And, and they should hand out like ear tampons. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Make them like blue and teal. Like if you sold little Seahawks colored ear tampons yes. at the gates, you'd make a fortune. I bet you would. It would be fun for the <laughs> for really parts like. people of certain people of you the family. The, you could be the face of this new product. Yeah, you could. Let's, really? let's work it. I love that. <laughs> and I, I don't We're know workshopping I don't know here. what products but you I'm retired. Endorse. I'm retired from show business. You're, I'm no longer performing. I'm not doing any endorsements. This is the only performance-related thing that I'm I've honored. done you're, in the last eight months. You're out of the business of the show? You're out of the business of the show? I'm just done. Yep. I'm done. Have you? Is this an official announcement? I'm resigning or? right here and now. This is This incredible. is exciting. This is, <laughs> We're making I want to give you front-page news on... Yahoo.com. Yahoo.com. There you go, everybody. Um, you just heard it here no, first. No, you know Rain what? I, ch- is- I changed my mind. <laughs> you're, you're back? I'm back in. You're back. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in. I'm, uh, I'm def- I love it too much. That was, Rich. That, I, can't, I can't stay away. That was Favre-like, by the way. <laughs> that was Brett Favre like right bringing it there. back to football. That was, that Brett, was really good. That was Favre-like mm-hmm. out of you right there. I mean, you had me. I was, I was missing yeah. you. And then you're back. And um, at any point in time, you can reserve the right to do it again. Except I can't remember my son's fall play. Is that right? Which is, That's terrible. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> it was from all the contact from season four of The Office. I, got, it was? I got tackled so many times by yeah. Krasinski that... Um, yeah, he has sharp elbows, that yeah, Krasinski. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on your 11-1 and one Seattle Seahawks? 11-1 and one Seattle right Seahawks. I never thought that those words would ever be stitched together. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's great. You know, I've been a – it's so funny because I – you know, every year I tweet about the Seahawks. And if they're not winning, if they're just subpar, like, yeah. or whatever, like, I don't tweet about it as much. I mean, who does, you mm-hmm. know? And every year I get like, oh, bandwagon. Oh, Rain Wilson's on the bandwagon. I have a picture of me in a Seahawks shirt from 1977 in their first year. I used to go to their first games yeah. in the Kingdom. 
and I have a signed uh, Sean Alexander uh, jersey from 2004, so I think you, it was. You span the three. You span generations. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so funny. And this concept of this bandwagon fan, it really in, is in. It's weird. Have you do you notice this? Like, oh, of bandwagon. Course. You always get on the band. It's like, who cares? It's like, you're a fan. You're a fan. You're a diehard fan. You're a new fan. That's how fans work. Is it, is it so bad? I am not a bandwagon fan, but is it so bad to jump on uh, if the, if a team's doing well? Well, that's the, it, you know it 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 is to the diehard fan. Like it, unless you have been there when Dave Craig gets sacked for the eleventh time of a week eight game <laughs> back in nineteen eighty two. Remember, we got Trent Dilfer after he was. Uh, you got Dilfer. You got you got Dilfer <laughs> seconds. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know. So I, unless if you're not there for for that feeling that pain. Then well, you're not. You, then you're not as the same fan. But the bottom line is, is if you care enough and you want to care enough, and you're and you are a fan, it doesn't. You're right. It it should not matter. Yeah, it should not matter. But it's part of it. It's how sports works. It's like I've lived in L.A. for 14 years now, and mm-hmm. I always hated the Lakers. But the Clippers, I just never paid much attention. All of a sudden, they got really exciting. I became a Clippers fan. There's no more Sonics to root for. Hello. That's right. The Knicks. So you didn't follow him to Oklahoma City? I, you didn't? You didn't come, get... That's, come on, please. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> ni- Rich, Rich, if I can interject, I if I may. In 1982, yeah. Jim Zorn was the quarterback. Oh, my bad. My bad. Just, just for accuracy. But, uh, Zorn, Zorn, I met but, Zorn and Largent when I went to the game a couple weeks ago. Did you? Oh, my God, yeah. Which one were you, which one were you at? Were I had, you a, at the, I the had, Bucks a, I had a sportsgasm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was the Bucks game, and they came from behind, twenty-one zero. You were there for that one. You were there yeah. for that one, huh? Yeah. Okay. It was and me, so- Zorn, and Largent cheering them on to victory, and my son Walter, who's nine, who's now a diehard Seattle fan. He's nine years old. He knows every player. Did you name him after Walter Jones? Is that where you? Walter, uh, Walter came? Thurman. Walter. Th- um, and I also gave him yeah. a, a nice baggie of of marijuana. <laughs> What a dad. You're such a good dad. Uh, It's next level stuff. Not at all. By the way, Zorn and Craig have never been seen in the same room. That's sort of like the Jackson's sisters. (laughs) Janet and Latoya. They're like the 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 Janet and Latoya Jackson of Seattle quarterbacks. There's only one. No, but getting back to the Seahawks, very exciting um, season. You watch this team, I've watched them develop, and uh, they they get this rhythm that great teams get. And when they're in this kind of – it's it's hard to describe. It just feels like they're just on this rhythm. It's like a freight train, and they're just pounding it with Marshawn, and they're throwing it, and Russell is scrambling, and they feel unstoppable, and it's a, it's really exciting. He's a dream come true, Russell Wilson. Unbelievable. I was so – I was one of the ones – I was like, come on, you just paid all this money from Matt Flynn. Let him start a couple games. Let's see what he can do. Mm-hmm. You can put in Russell Wilson – Halfway through the season, I was one of those guys, but I hadn't seen what he could do in practice. Obviously, Pete Carroll was like, holy So moly. you were on the Flynn bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> still, I still have a – I feel the, bad for Flynn. Yeah. Well, a I little mean, bit. I know. And it's $20 million. That's yeah, right. His bank it's Paul Allen money. It's not it, – yeah. you know what I mean? That's what all those people – oh, my God, he's making all this money. It's, it's Paul Allen's money. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like what – that's – as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Paul Allen, there wouldn't have been that Microsoft. There wouldn't have been ding that just went down. You're, muted. What meeting is it? What meeting do you have uh, that just just that just you know cropped I'm not, up I'm not during really our interview? Quite, quite sure. You, that was actually a reminder because uh, rain was going to be switched to two thirty. Oh, and it was a reminder. See. But he, do you do reminders? Do you do Microsoft reminders? Do you, no, no, no. That's see, no. that's <laughs> see. I don't do that. 
I don't do you reminders. Know. I don't, you know, I need You know what my Microsoft reading. reminder is? What is it? Paul Allen freaking calls me on the phone <laughs> yes. to remind me. He's <laughs> like, oh, Rain, it's 2.30. Yes. You've got a Rich Eisen podcast. Thanks, yeah. Paul. Stop calling my personal self. Next level. That's how it works. That's next. See? <laughs> That's how I roll. With Zorn. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Do you have any questions about them? Sure. Any comments? <laughs> I, I actually have a question that yeah. we brought up in the break. Would Russell Wilson... A, why isn't he getting MVP consideration so far? Because he Thank plays you. in Seattle. Okay. Sean Alexander damn near had a 2,000-yard season, and, and people had a twist, get their arms twisted yep. to, to and, be MVP. So and two, that, that answers that question. Do you think he would be having, like, what other teams in the league would he be performing at this level and be having this kind of success? Do you think he could do this on any other team in the league? Or is this just specific to the type of... Defense he has, the running game he has, the That's system he runs. That's such a tough question. Yeah. I mean, how would Peyton Manning do if he was in Buffalo? You know, uh, you know, and he just had Stevie Johnson to throw to, and no line, and you know, would he? Uh, I'm sure he'd do That's pretty true. good, but it, you just can't really, you can't really tell. I, mm, That's yeah. a, that that's that is a legitimate. Answer to that question. You can't yeah, like no sure. But I think I was just thinking out loud. Here's what you're 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 touching at the edges of here is is he an elite quarterback in that regard that can he work anywhere and I say right. absolutely yes he is there's no question in my mind that he is now I don't believe he would have gotten the opportunity to start on any other team That's I true. think this was the only spot and this coach and the spot and the Matt Flynn craziness and Tavares yeah. Jackson he and all that competition all. too yes and he put camp. his money where he mouth yeah. where his mouth is with a third round well, draft choice anytime you have Marshawn Lynch on your team too it makes you look like a much better quarterback right that does true. help yep. there's no doubt about that the beast mode being um, there. yeah he's I, he's you know you look at his game right now and he doesn't have any weak what are his weaknesses I don't know he can throw a sixty yard ball and right. And he can scramble, and he's smooth as glass under pressure, and I don't see what's not to like. There's nothing. I personally think he's he just be, not one at all. He's he just should be in the serious MVP con- conversation right you. now. I love you. It's, it is. It is true, because you know, would would they be eleven and one with another quarterback? I don't think so. And they don't even have their best wide receiver playing right now, folks. It's true. Their top two receivers. Two, Sidney Rice out, too. Sidney oh, Rice and right. Percy Arvin. Yeah. yeah, well, they certainly didn't. Monday night, Doug Baldwin was open every other play. That The tight end, Miller, wasn't exactly open. Right, and, yeah. and This guy cursed, yeah. so we've what, never what, heard what, of what's him. Your, what's your take on Golden Tate? Because my theory is if he plays on your team, you love him. He's that guy. But outsiders, what he did with the ball, dangling it, he's kind of that, oh, yeah, yeah. that guy that uh, you hate oh, him, but sure. he's on and your Richard, team. And Richard Sherman's the same way. Yeah. Oh, you know, you yeah. love him when he's on, if you're a Seahawks fan. If you're opposing, it's like, oh, he's just the worst. Yeah, I yeah. know. He's the worst. Under you see the skin. hit he put on that still, Kenny Stills? That yeah, was, that, was a, that was an appropriate call, though. <laughs> it was a great call. It was an appropriate call. Absolutely for, for, for it was. It was, it was a terrible hit. I wasn't lauding it. It was a Terrible cheap shot. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. It's like, oh, their quarterback's out of the pocket, so then I get to just slam someone to the ground? I, look, I don't understand that, that how that was works. sort of like the verbal addition uh, uh, of retweets do not necessarily endorse, <laughs> endorse the tweet. Like, you just just because you were mentioning it, you weren't endorsing it. It did, yes, sound, like you you. Were, it did sound like you were endorsing it, I was not it, at all. I yeah, was not. It did seem like a cheap shot on that. But you're right. Tate is one of those guys that you Tate, want. And Tate's in a contract year, right? Is he going to? I believe so. I think yes, they got to resign him. He's insane. He's one. Of, he's he is insane. He's not like a. He's. I would say he's not an elite wide receiver, but he's one of those special guys that when he gets the ball, mm-hmm. and 
he can just do some magical s- stuff when he, after the catch. So do, how, you th- do you uh, think he fits? Sorry, Red, no, do you ahead. think he fits with kind of the personality of this team, especially when you got the talkers on defense like Sherman and? Yeah, it's it's a big, crazy, brash team, which is weird for Seattle because Seattle is such a like humble city. You go there, everyone's very polite and mm-hmm. they're very Scandinavian and stuff like that. And then the team is like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the fans too, and the fans, yeah, nuts. It's it is true, though. It is it is as loud as they say, and you know, in in sports in sports reporting, whenever this sort of stuff gets talked about, you know, everyone just rolls their eyes. But it's the tr- it, that is a tangible, intangible, one hundred percent. It is as loud as uh, any place that I've been. Yeah, it is incredible. Could you imagine if they played a Super Bowl there? Like if this cold weather thing in New York is a success, and I'm sure Seattle would want to bid for that game. I couldn't imagine the traffic. If the Super Bowl goes to Seattle, bad, I couldn't even. Bad traffic even, city. Fa- well, there's bridges everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like you can you can you can take alternate routes mm-hmm. to get around that town. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Have you that. ever raised the flag at Seattle? No, they asked me to, um, but it, the dates haven't worked haven't out. Worked Some, out yet. Someday I will. Yeah, yeah. you want to be that twelfth man, don't you? Uh, I do. I would and like. I that. think. I yeah. think that would be that would be pretty yeah. good. That's gonna be what's on my tombstone, Rich. The twelfth man. Yeah. Creator of the man. ear tampon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever and, take that away from and you. And Dwight from the office, in parentheses. And Dwight from the <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom. So, how do you do? You, you expect the Super Bowl now? Is it? It's like, would it be disappointing now? Oh boy! I mean, I think a Seattle, go? a Seattle Denver Super Bowl is is the game. I think everyone really wants to see. I mean, Seattle I New England too for a little Richard Mar- Richard Sherman. Uh, oh yeah, Tom Brady reunion. You mad, reunion? Bro? You mad, bro? That whole. See, thing. I think the Seahawks. Can beat anyone. I think Denver is a big question mark. So I think that's that's like the two heavyweights. You really want to see what happens. Yeah, but I. So is that a way of saying that you, if if the because normally yeah Seattle, I'm going to be bold. You, you I'm going to say suspect, I'm expecting them go to go to point. the Super Bowl. Right. They've proven mm-hmm. themselves. I mean, this Sunday is going to be a big game in the Forty ers Yes. And, are they still in Candlestick? Yes, they, they still are. are. Yeah. Okay. Last they haven't moved yet. And uh, that's going to be that's going to be huge. Um, but we'll, I think they can. I think they can take them. Yeah, I, we 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 all predict. You you went Niners, right, Long? I uh, I believe I did go. You the did Niners, go Niners. Yeah, yeah I think Seattle's going to win that game. So let's talk about your fantasy team. I follow uh, you on Twitter. Thanks. And I saw you said. Uh, what, I what, got what in the playoffs, it? by the way. Oh, you did. Yeah. But you, did, your tweet was. Uh, I, I, I got it here if you want. Well, it. Yeah, I'm you, the guy. I'm go the, ahead. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you got a few. You've, you've tweeted. Uh, you're, 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 no, yeah, I, with the game last night. Yeah, I'm the guy who I'm who the guy sat, sat Eric Decker, Decker, who got four touchdowns. And then it gets worse. Dot 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 for Nate Burleson. Zero, zero catches. catches. <laughs> zero catches. <laughs> Nate Burleson had ten targets the week before, and Decker had one target for one catch for like weeks before. Yeah, and Combined. Decker was not doing much of anything since the early weeks, and I just got sick of him, and I was like, okay. Detroit's got an easy, I don't know, I forget who they were playing, but they've got a pretty easy defense. Yeah, they played Packers on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, come on, they're going to. And then I was kind of checked the stats. I didn't get to watch the game, and I checked the stats. I'm like, oh, my God, look at the, what's his name, was throwing for 400 yards. Oh, this is going to be delicious. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Nothing. No. Goose egg. No, I know, 400 yards for Stafford, Stafford, and then nothing to Burleson. Um, so you did get into the playoffs, though. I, I, I snuck into the playoffs. Who, I, who's the um, rest of your team? I am, feel very fortunate because I lost Doug Martin, um, and that was my number two pick, so I lost my first round So you, 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 were, you selected second overall. Yeah. That was my I conundrum. I went Arian Foster. Yeah. I went Arian Foster. That's, and, yeah, and, that's even worse. And uh, Well, yeah. this is last year. 
I had LaShawn McCoy, hmm. uh, for whom Andy Reid um, had this odd rule that he could not hand him the ball twice in a row. <laughs> there was no there was I was looking through the bylaws of the National Football League yeah, to see that was there. if they instituted a rule. He did not institute that with Jamal Charles. So. Right. So I didn't go with Jamal Charles knowing that he had this rule for LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. And both Chris's here were saying I should have gone for LaShawn McCoy just for the joke. Just for the humor That's, of it. You should have. And I should have. commitment. I would have been commitment You'd just be for the joke. sitting on top of your league right now. I know. <laughs> uh, it, just, it, it just shows the moral of the story is to do stuff for the joke sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know. So but, you went um, Martin. Yeah, I went Martin. I have a pretty good team. I got uh, I got Jimmy Graham and uh, who else did I get? Reggie Bush. Where, where do you rule on that though? Because you played your team played Jimmy Graham last night, and your it was, playoffs it was were a nail biter. <laughs> and then and then and then they get and then he got the he got the touchdown. I was and I had said to my wife and son, I'm like, if if Graham gets a touchdown, that's okay. And I was like, yes. Oh, okay, okay. It's bad. It's bad. I know, but yes. Oh, okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> so you got that one, and then yeah. your team, your your real team won. Who's your quarterback? Who's Russell Wilson and Seattle D. Oh my, my I went with gosh. this is the office league, so it's a bunch of office actors and crew members. Who's in it? Uh, John Krasinski, Brian Baumgartner. You should get Brian on your show, by the way. He's, yeah, yeah. Met him at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah, Huge yeah. sports fan. I played great golf guy. with him once. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Really good. Yeah. yeah. He's an amazing athlete. Yeah. Yeah, he's like 340 pounds. He's, he's the he's, dancing bear. He, <laughs> thank you. That's yeah. what he is. Exactly. That's his screen name. Dancing um, bear. <laughs> Right, so they're all in this. Dancing Bear sixty nine. The um, they're all in this, and then um, Jenna's husband, Jenna Fisher's husband, mm-hmm. and um, this other guy Jake that was an actor, and then some crew guys that you wouldn't know, and some writers. Okay, uh, it's really fun. How many, Very how many teams? Twelve. It's twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you're in the playoffs. Is it eight, four? Four teams make the playoffs in this um, office. No, league? Six, six and the two get a bye, and then so. Yeah. So the bye just I, I like I mean, that. But I'm playing Krasinski like this week. You are. Yeah. Okay. It's so going to be rough. So what do we? What? So what? Can I've we, got Russell yeah, Wilson, Seattle. Run it down. D, run it down Graham, for me here. Reggie Bush, uh, Decker, Deshaun Jackson. So you are committing to Eric Decker this uh, week. I guess I have to. Well, as you know, that's the that's the that's the killer. You can't have you can't go just because they did it last week. Right. You know. Then you what get, do you think, him or Mike Wallace? That's my big. Well, you got to go, Mike Wallace and Pittsburgh. Going back you know to Pittsburgh. They're going to want. He's going to want the ball. Oh, that's right. I had and you know they're going to have to. They have to target him against Pittsburgh. They have they to. Have to. My, I, I know Mike Sherman is like calling the game as the defense dictates. They have to feed so him I, the ball. You think I start him over Deshaun Jackson or Decker? Jackson at Detroit, no, Decker in Tennessee. Are you, you flexing a go. running back? Oh, I have a. I have a uh, Giovanni Bernard. Flex in Indiana. There's no, way you sit, there's no way you sit Giovanni Bernard. It's, there's no way you. I would that. start Deshaun Jackson and Deshaun Jackson, and then Although the other Jackson is really hit and miss. He didn't do much. Foles. Thirty-six yards last week, but but against the Lions, you, it should be it's a track game. going to be yeah. so so. And then so, I got Zach Stacy. Uh, oh, yeah, I have that too. But Zach Stacy is going against this week um, Arizona, Arizona, and they shut down runners. I mean, Number the McCoy the had run. seven points this week against them. He only had seventy yards. Right. So I would go. Oh man. Wallace over Decker. Ooh. Wouldn't you go Wallace over Decker? I think so. But I was, Tennessee, Tennessee's got a sneaky good secondary. And I know Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. But he's going to get Julius Thomas back, most likely. Right. His tight end's going to be back. He's going to have more it's gonna hurt. It's going to hurt to sit Decker again and then watch him get three touchdowns. I know. But Mike Wallace is going to get targeted up the yin-yang. Yeah. Weather. I think it comes down to weather. For Let's you. see who yeah. John's got here. Yeah, who's going to have? Tom Brady. 
versus Cleveland. It's going to light it up. Uh, Malcolm Floyd, Antonio Brown, he's pretty great. Forte, pretty great. G. Forte's Graham, Dallas. You have to G. Hold. Graham, is that the guy on Houston? Houston? Houston tight end, yeah. Garrett Graham. Uh, Fred Jackson. Who's been good lately? Uh, Frank Gore. Justin Tucker and Buffalo. Frank Gore against your Seahawks. Frank Gore against the Seahawks. I think you're in good shape. You might be in good shape. And what's your what's uh, what's your team name? What's your team name? Satan's ballerinas. (laughs) And what's Krasinski's team name? Untrustworthy bunnies. This Satan's is, this ballerinas is, versus the untrustworthy bunnies. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's what we call a classic matchup. <laughs> it is. Between Throw out the records, Rich. Satanic. I can hear the NFL films music underneath. <laughs> <laughs> the autumn wind yes. is an untrustworthy bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This has been fun. Uh, soul Pancake, what, what can we promote about this? What can we do about this? Nothing? There's nothing you can do. We don't need your help. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing fine. That is There's the best promote. response to anything I've ever attempted <laughs> to is. promote <laughs> on <laughs> the three-plus year history of this show. I will, say, I will say I watched. I do not need your help. <laughs> We're fine. You can't help us. I watched the Zach uh, Sobiek video. Or yeah. I'm not sure if you, how you pronounce it, but yeah. that, the, the full 22-minute video you guys did was A, incredible, and B, I mean, how do you not? How are you not in tears after watching that? That was pretty special. Uh, yeah, thanks for checking out. Yeah, Soul Pancake's doing great. You know, our YouTube channel and a kind of production media company, and we're out, you know, doing some TV pilots and specials and uh, making great YouTube videos, and and it's it's really cool. That's it's, great. Uh, this you know, it's this dream project that I wanted to do to kind of engage people in kind of a deeper dialogue about life's big questions and being a human being, and you know. Lifting people up and 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 having a good time doing it, and it's really taken off. It's been a lot of fun. That's great. Well, yeah. we couldn't be more thrilled that you came in here and yeah, and uh, gave us your thoughts the on the Seahawks. Filthy, and, by the way. What? I, 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 what is that? Are those pretzels? There was one pretzel that it, uh, that got so stepped the, on. For the listening here. audience. <laughs> Underneath Rich's uh, yeah, that's a, chair it, is like a bunch of pretzels. No, it's one pretzel. Ground. It's one pretzel that got that's stepped not on. One pretzel. I think that's it like might be forty pretzels. It does look like. Um, well, it's very Rain Man of you just to see <laughs> the pieces on the ground and give the exact pretzels. number. Forty pretzels. I must it's say, it's very, yep. very impressive. Well, uh, good luck to with the satanic uh, Satan's ballerinas. Satan's banner- ballerinas. Thank you. Very good. Thanks for having me. Big fan, this, and nice to be you. on your show. I would love awesome to have you stuff, back, man. maybe in the playoffs Every or something week. like that. You know what? You get sick. Let me fill in. I'll be the I'll be the guest host. Does, do I must I fall ill for that to happen? Or mm-hmm. I mean, I hope yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen. You could just stay at home. I could do it. Okay. <laughs> you guys would love that. I mean, you could a, monk, the a monkey with a tape recorder could do this. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's the that was the alternate name to our show. Out? You got an international <laughs> shout out of the week before we leave. I do. I've got a, I've got a good one, Rich. Uh, Those as three you, Irish guys who tweeted us yeah, with the punters you know, of people t-shirts. Last week we got this fantastic photo from uh, Dave Dave T at Dave T I Z E R. Uh, the word of Rich spreads to Dublin, Ireland, and it's three guys drinking full Guinness beers, wearing punters or people t-shirts. Fantastic. The new design. So thanks to you guys. As well, they should. That's the way they're all. This week's international shout-out. We also yes. hashtag REP Vince, Vince Gilligan, in next week in yes. studio. That'll be fun. Ask him your questions, and then the Anchorman podcast, correct? Yes, that's right. We're going to have uh, the, the four guys from Anchorman oh, coming fantastic. up in a couple weeks. It'll be fun. Um, thanks for coming in, Rain. Thanks, Rich. At uh, Rain Wilson uh, is where you follow this man's musings on Twitter. You're going to finish this, want, <laughs> <laughs> If you want. It is very appetizing. That is the one word that I would say about it is appetizing that's on the floor.
right here. Uh, and also Ryan Khalil of the Carolina Panthers. Follow him. At Chris Law, thank you very thank much. You, Rich. At Chris Brockman, good to see you. Good I'm to at see Rich you, Eisen for At the Eisen Podcast. Peace out. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, friends. <laughs>